Me too. Me too. Hey, we want to take a moment and uh, pray for another church in our community, something that we love to do. And today, if you'll join with me, we want to pray specifically for Paris New Generation Church, which is actually just right down the road here. Just want to lift them up in prayer today. So will you bow your heads and let's just lift them up and let's pray for them today. God, we thank you. Lord, not only that we have the opportunity to gather in this room and in kids' classrooms and hear your word and be encouraged and, and fellowship with each other, but Lord, that there are uh, many churches all across our county that are doing that even right now in this moment. And so Lord, we thank you so much uh, that you've placed us here for a specific purpose. And Lord, right now we lift up Paris New Generation Church to you. We thank you for their, their pastor and their leadership and their congregation. We pray that your blessing and your favor would be on them in everything that they do. Lord, that they would be in your will. And Lord, that they would reach people for your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Well, we are glad that you were here. Come on, last week, come on, did you enjoy last Sunday? Wasn't that awesome last Sunday to hear from Samuel Song? I can't remember his actual first name. He said that there's a reason why he goes by Samuel, and it's probably the reason why I can't remember his actual first name. Uh, but all the way from South Korea, and I just want to encourage you again. You know, he was sharing a little bit about how they felt like, uh, you know, it might be the end of that ministry and they were going to have to close through COVID and all of this. And because of your generosity, listen, I don't think that God does anything by accident. And, and that ministry was brought to our attention as a church. And uh, because of your generosity for the last two years, we've been able to sow into that ministry. And uh, as he said, be a part of uh, keeping them going and, and funding and allowing the gospel to continue to be preached and, and students to be taught. And so uh, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, we just love you so much and how generous you are. Uh, it just blows our minds every time we think about it. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. But last weekend, if you missed that message, go back on the podcast and you need to listen to that message. It was, uh, it was a good word, a timely word, and uh, I want you to be encouraged by that. And today, uh, today we get to hear from my favorite person on the planet, um, my wife is going to be bringing the message today, and uh, God has put a word on her heart, and um, I just want to say as she's coming up here, um, many of you probably know this already, but if you don't know this, uh, you're looking at a woman that uh, behind the scenes when nobody's looking is praying for you, and feels um, when you hurt, she feels that. And I, I cannot say enough how thankful I am to have her in my life. And I'm telling you this morning, you are going to be so blessed by what God has put on her heart. Uh, so come on, will you put your hands together and will you welcome my wife, Amanda. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Um, I'm honored, at, as always, to be able to speak to you. I will encourage you, be here next week as we're going to be kicking off a series on First Peter. I am not. My husband is, and he is going to be talking about the book. We're going to be going through the book of First Peter, so I'm so excited about that. But if you were here a couple of weeks ago, which I hope you were, um, Gabriel actually gave a powerful word on the power of fear in our lives and what it does in our lives, what it does in our minds and our hearts and everything. But today, I'm going to be talking to you about fear, but it's not exactly, we're not going to be focusing on fear of the world, the, how scripture says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? But I believe there is a fear that's a healthy fear that we're called to have, and it's the fear of the Lord. And so um, I'm going to be talking to you about that today, and a group of people that some chose to focus on fear that the scripture talks about that God has not given us, and then a couple of people that chose to focus on their fear of the Lord that changed, changed some things for them. And today my message is titled, Well Able. Well Able, if you're a person that likes to take notes, the, the message is called Well Able, and I'm going to pray. I love how Holy Spirit works. We, as we were down here, and I did not talk to the worship team. The only person, there were two people that knew what I was speaking on, and it was my husband, and it was Ashley that puts our notes in, and I went back and forth, and Thursday morning, I texted Ashley, and I said, okay, the Lord's stressing me out a little. I promise I'm trying to get my notes to you, but I just felt like he told me, he kind of changed some things for me this morning. And as Andrea shared, I am so thankful for Holy Spirit, because I was like, oh, I love how Holy Spirit works, and he, knew, he knows what people need, but I wrestled with this message, and on Thursday morning when the Lord was changing it, as Andrea shared, I felt like he said, and this is for you too. 
I've told you exactly what these people need, and you're going to share it, and so I am. So I'm thankful for Holy Spirit that speaks to us all. He's available for us all to hear. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to get going. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But I pray today, Lord, that if we don't already have it, maybe we have the fear of the Lord in our lives, but Lord, that that will grow today. God, and if we don't have it, that we will receive it. And maybe for those in here that may not know you at all, Father, that they will receive you today and the gift that you are. We thank you for who you are, that you are a personal God, that you love us, that you see us, and you know exactly what we need. And I pray, Lord, that you speak through me and you have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you. Like I said, the title is Well Able. And in the scripture, I was looking up, I did not personally see this myself, but I was looking up the fear to fear God or fear the Lord is actually mentioned in the Bible over 300 times. And the reality is, is what I believe is the fear of the Lord changes our focus. And when we truly walk in the fear of the Lord, we focus on his presence more than we focus on our problems. And when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we focus more on opportunities than obstacles. I'm going to say that again. When we focus on the fear of the Lord, we focus more on his presence than our problems, and we focus more on opportunities than obstacles. The fear of the Lord is having a deep respect, reverence, and awe for God's power and authority. Awe actually means to honor, tremble, revere, esteem, respect, and value. Rather than causing someone to be afraid of God, a proper fear of the Lord leads to one truly loving him. And shifting their focus to him more than anyone or anything. I, I love this, that a person that fears the Lord is terrified to be away from him. How many of you, you can relate to that? I think about where, I think it was Moses that said, if you're not there, I don't want to go. You know, like I don't want to be there. And I feel that way. I believe you feel that way because you're here today. We want to be where he is. Amen. When we fear the Lord, we make that our main focus and see that he is bigger. We find his love in holy fear of him today. We don't have to go running for love. We go running to him and think in our, our fear for him, our awe, our respect for him. And if you need love today, he wants to pour his love on you. You don't have to go searching for peace. You go searching for him and you find peace. Amen. I believe many love God, but we don't truly fear him. I remember thinking as a kid growing up in church, and I'd hear this statement, and I'm like, yeah, I'm scared of him. I, I would always think of the way my dad, how many of you have grown up in church, and you knew that, that you know, your parent was the parent that wasn't afraid to drag you out the sanctuary? Okay? We didn't, have, we, didn't have, we didn't go to classes all the time back when I was a kid. And let me tell you, I had a holy fear of my parents and what was going to happen. You know, the, the kind where you pray that they forget when you get home because you know you're about to get your butt spanked because <laughs> you did not behave. But my dad, he always had this thing. He still has it. Or my kids know it. All his grandkids know it. He has this snap. And it is like a resounding snap. And, and honestly, growing up, when I would hear the term fear of the Lord, I would think of that snap. Like God is up there ready to snap at me, you know, ready to get me in line. But how many of you know that is not a proper perspective of the fear of the Lord? A fear of the Lord is that respect, that reverence. Oswald Chambers said it this way, The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. You fear everything else. And a fear of the Lord, it's not another step you must take. Maybe some of you are hearing me talk about it today, and you're like, great, there's something else I need to try to step into this week. No. Fear of the Lord simply comes from our intimacy with him. Because uh, this last week, the, some of the ladies of Impact, we went, to, um, we went to Pink Gateway Conference. And I love how Holy Spirit just confirms, because as I prepare before we left out of town, that I'm hearing these messages, and I just felt like the Lord... As some of the speakers were speaking, they were just speaking right to me and just affirming. But Lisa Harper, she said it this way, that we can be familiar with God but not intimate with him. And intimacy brings a confidence. Intimacy, it, it brings something much deeper 
than what we find when we're simply familiar with him. Coming to church, it's great. It's needed. But we simply become familiar as we hear, as we hear sermons and hear about God. We become intimate when we pursue him in our personal time. And so where a lot of this message is based off of is in Isaiah 11, 2 through 3. I'm going to be reading this from the New King James Version. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And here's where it is. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And I'm going to share with you today from the story about 12 spies and how 10 spies, they chose to decide based on what they were hearing and seeing with their physical selves. While two, I believe, chose to to hear and see based on their fear of the Lord. So we're going to turn to Numbers 13. And primarily, I'm going to be reading to you from the ESV. It will be up on the screen, but um, this is going to be in Numbers 13. So we're going to start with verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one a chief among them. Now, this wasn't just, just a servant, just someone else. It was the chiefs among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord and all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. Now we're going to skip down, not because the scripture is not important. I'm going to bear you, like help you not have to bear through me trying to pronounce all these names. And we're going to go on down to verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go in to the Negev and I'm sorry, go up into the Negev and up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds. Is anybody hearing a common word? Dwell, dwell. I just love that. It sticks out to me now more than ever. And whether the land is rich or poor or whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of their land of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And if you actually study that, it was probably in July. I don't know if their July was like ours, but I sure wouldn't want to be traveling to a land, walk in that many miles. It actually, um, in this context, between what they walked and back the spas, they actually traveled about 500 miles back and forth. So once again, I don't know temperatures, but all I think about is our July, so... Um, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zen to Rehob near Lebahamoth. Some of y'all are like, thank God she didn't go through all those verses already. Because, I mean, let me tell you. Okay, and they came into the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshcol. Because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land, they're strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb, Caleb quieted the people. And before I go into that, it actually, if you study this, some of you are like, why do you keep telling us these random facts? Because my 11-year-old, if you've ever met my 11-year-old, he loves random facts. And he gets it from me because I love random facts. And so I find it interesting that actually theologians actually believe that this land was actually, Goliath was a descendant of this land. So the people were likely pretty large um, that they were looking at. 
But the reality is, is we come to, here's Caleb. And there's nothing, Caleb is no more special than any of us. But this is what Caleb said. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. How many of you know they didn't know what they seemed to them? They were hearing in their head what they saw, what they think the people saw. But Caleb said, we are well able. And so I've got two simple points for you today that I want to share with you. Number one is what you fear determines what you see. Verse 31, the spies had already given their report. They already gave their report. They had their turn. And then here Caleb comes and he quiets them. And he's like, my turn now. Let me tell you, nah, we are well able. They have their opinions, the, the ten spies, and they were choosing to see something. They said, we seem to ourselves as grasshoppers. Because the power, there is power in the way we see ourselves. And they said, we seem to ourselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as tiny, unable. They even said it was a lamb that devours its inhabitants. The difference for the spies where they were comparing their own size. I believe that the ten spies were comparing their own size, their own abilities against the giants and what they say and what they saw. A theologian actually said it this way. To the ten unbelieving spies, the problem of the giants was insurmountable. But to the two believing spies, the presence of giants was insignificant. And so we choose to see what we see about ourselves and what we see about our situations in our, in, our, in our lives. But my question is to you, what fear are you looking at? Are you looking through? Like what, what are you choosing to see? What fear, what lens of fear? Is it the fear of the Lord or is it the fear? Are you comparing your own abilities, your own size, your own gifts into what God's asking you to walk into? Because I believe that what made a difference here for the ten spies versus Joshua and Caleb was likely what they were comparing to. I believe that the, the ten spies were focused on their own abilities and what they were seeing and maybe what they were hearing. Honestly, I wonder if originally when they went into the land, it says that they were there for 40 days. I think that that's interesting alone because how many of you know there's multiple things that happened in 40 days in Scripture? Jesus was led into the wilderness for 40 days. Noah's on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights. So I believe that this is the difference, though. The ten spies, they likely walked in. It doesn't say this in Scripture, but I wonder. They started the journey courageous. But throughout the 40 days, as they scoped out the land, they grew a little weary. They grew more and more afraid because their focus became more on where they were at and what they were seeing and hearing rather on the God that they served. Because scripture actually says this land that they went out to spy was a land that God had already promised them. It was their inheritance. And how many of you know the promises of God are sure? They are yes and amen. It's not a question of if, it's just when. But I believe Joshua and Caleb saw differently they heard differently because they were focused on verse 2. It actually says, sorry, verse 2. It says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. This is, Moses, or this is the Lord speaking to Moses. But send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. So it was already theirs. So they were just simply going to see what was already theirs. Just... And let them know, hey, this is what's here. But also I believe Joshua and Caleb knew that they themselves and all the Israelites would conquer and, over, and overcome because it would be through God. They kept their focus there. Most of us can probably quote it. 
But scripture says, I can do all things through Christ. But I like how the Passion Translation says it. I know what it means. Um, Philippians 4, 12 through 13 in the Passion Translation says, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Romans 8, 31 what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Second Corinthians twelve nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for your power, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said his grace is sufficient, not my grace. His power is made perfect in my weakness, not my power. And I think that part of the 10 spies, they did like many of us do. We try to go in our own power. We begin to think, how in my own power? What kind of tools do I have to do this? What kind of things can I do? You know, God's asking you to step up and lead this. And you're like, I don't have what it takes. He didn't ask if you had what it takes. He asked you to step up and lead it. You know, it, it could be the simplest of things. It could be, I mean, you've heard us say it over and over again. It'd be go, get in a grow group, and you're still stuck in your head. And he didn't ask you if you had good social skills. He said, get in a grow group. You know? I mean, it could be the, it could be the simplest things. It could be starting that business, and you're like, I know nothing about starting a business. Well, good news. He gets more glory because you get to say, I knew nothing about it, and yet he did it. Amen? We knew nothing about starting a church. Nothing. We went to a training, we prayed, we fasted, we wrestled. But we truly can stand here and say it was all because of him. It had nothing to do with our own gifts or abilities. It was simply a calling that we said yes to. And what do you need to say yes to today? He's just asking for your yes and one step at a time. The fact is there was this interesting thing that I found Back to our, our scripture in Numbers. You just get these random side notes from me. But back, back to our scripture in Numbers. If you actually study this in Deuteronomy 1, you don't have to turn there. It'll be on the screen. If you want to, you can. It actually, in verses 21 through 23, it says, See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. It's still talking about the same land. Go take up, go up, take possession as the Lord, the God of their fathers, has told you. Do not fear or be dismayed. But then all of you came near me and said, well, let us send men before us that they may explore the land for us and bring us word again of the way by which we must go up and the cities into which we shall come. That the things seemed good to me and I took 12 men from you, one man from each tribe. So, so actually, if you look at this from Deuteronomy 1 to Numbers 13, it actually was never God's I'm not sure that it was ever God's plan from the beginning for spies to go into the land. But they asked, like, can we take spies into the land to just see what, what you're taking us to, to see what you've already promised us? I just found that so interesting. That, and, and one theologian actually suggested that the Lord allowed this to happen so it would reveal to them what their hearts were actually like. Doesn't this sound like us? Where scripture says we walk by faith, not by sight. Yet they were struggling because they wanted to see with their eyes what the Lord had already promised. Let me see what you're taking us into. I want to know. And I don't know about you, but I know I'm like that. I'm like, well, can I see? I've told people if I could have seen the journey, the hard that we were going to walk through on the journey to here, I don't know that I would have said yes. There's a reason sometimes why we don't see you don't get to see because we wouldn't choose the hard. But once again, this last weekend, it was, it was a beautiful way to end the, the, the weekend at Pink. And, and the, the last speaker, she actually read um, some entries from her journal, her journals. And it spoke so heavily to me because I could relate so much. I found myself in so many moments saying, God, I can't do this anymore. And yet to see where she is now. Not that I want to be where she is. I don't. But to see where she is now, the moments where she was like, I'm not seeing this, and you see this, and do you see this that's happening? And yet what the Lord has done, and how often she talked about how often we want to skip the hard and go straight to the promise. 
but God uses the hard to bring us. And, and I know that he's used, he's used so much of the hard that we've walked through in our ministry here. Many of you have heard us talk about we've miscarried a baby. I have been able to minister to countless women that have miscarried because I know the feeling of that. I know the emptiness you feel. Many of you know we waited for almost four years for our house to sell. I know what it is to cry out to the Lord and say, you're still on your throne, but why aren't you answering my prayers? And he did. Not in my timing, but he did. And it grew us, and God brought the right people that needed the house, and God did miracles in our life. In the meantime, months of believing in faith that we wouldn't have walked through that grew us tremendously. We want to skip that hard, but God uses it in the middle of it. I was actually talking to one of our kids this last weekend and just saying, they were just, I said, have you asked the Lord to help you with this? Have you asked him? Yeah, I already prayed. She had been praying less than 24 hours. I don't know how, well, now you know who I'm talking about. But anyways, um, so she had been praying less than 24 hours, but but it was funny because how many of you know as parents you get that Holy Spirit moment where he's like, uh-huh, that's exactly right. I said, baby, he's not a genie in a bottle waiting to come out when you ask him to. And he spoke to me and he said, how many times right now, honestly, even in my life where I'm frustrated because he hadn't come out and answered my prayers yet. Because my focus is more on the answer of prayer than it is just on him. When he is well able, regardless of what I see, he is well able to help me through what I'm walking through health-wise. He's well able. Even if I don't see the healing that I know he can do right now at this time, he's well able to help me through while I walk this out. Even if you don't see what you hope to see, he's well able. He's well able a theologian, he's actually passed now, Eugene Peterson has said that to eyes that see, every bush is a burning bush. And I love this. When I, when I heard this, I turned to my husband, I was like, oh, that is so good. But how many of us, we go through life and every bush is just an ordinary bush. Church is just a regular thing. Our kids are just a regular routine. Our job is just a regular thing instead of the burning bush opportunity that God has for us each and every day. I love the message version of Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It says, embrace this God life and you'll get God's everything. I believe, actually a mentor, she actually said this to me. I was actually sharing the story with her. I was so excited. She's, she's not, um, I do an online Bible study with her weekly and and I was sharing with her the story of our 11-year-old son and, and the miracle that God did in his life. And, and if you don't know, I, I just got to share it because it's just amazing. But he literally, he went to the doctor on a Tuesday. And they told us that he had a, he had a broken his growth plate. He had a Salus Harris fracture in his growth plate. He plays basketball. And on Thursday morning, he woke up and said, I had a dream that I was healed. And he woke up and was doing like this that he had not done in days. And I was sharing that with her. I was so excited. And we had a second x-ray done that confirmed that there was no broken bone whatsoever. And you can't tell me that was anything but the Lord. But, but she said to me, she said, you know, when we're walking with the Lord, miracles become normal. God wants miracles to be normal. And you may be waiting on your miracle and you feel more frustration than you feel whatever, than you feel excitement. But God wants to work miracles in our lives. But our, our, we're not called to focus on the miracle. We're called to focus on him. The reality is, is that when we purpose ourselves to see our life circumstances as God sees them, we're going to live with greater peace and joy. Where once we may have seen limitation, we're going to see potential. Where once we saw a looming defeat, you're going to see an over, just a coming victory. And in the areas you felt weak, you're going to find strength as you see from God's perspective and put your hope in the glorious future he has for you. So what you fear determines what you see. And number two, what you fear determines what you hear. 
What you fear determines what you hear. Fun fact, just in case you didn't know, that in chapter 14 is when the Israelites actually began complaining to Moses and Aaron about returning to Egypt. So we're in Numbers 13, Numbers 14 is actually when this began happening, like right after. So this is right after they had heard these reports. It's a scary land. Let's get out while we can. We'll go back to Egypt. It's got to be better than what we're possibly going into. They hadn't even seen it. They had already experienced the pain and the heartache of Egypt, but they wanted to go back to what they already knew because they were scared of the unknown. And some of you, you just keep walking through the mundane of your regular life when God's asked you to step out in the new because you're afraid of what the new will look like when he's got better in store. Not, not saying it's going to be easy because anyone that's stepped down into what God's called you to, you know you still experience hard times. But he's with us, his blessings upon that. The crazy part is they, they both heard the reports, they heard the reports of the ten spies and Joshua and Caleb. Yet the people were clinging to the negative reports. They knew God had promised them this land, yet they clung to the negative reports. The reports discouraged the people. And how many of you know we allow that in our lives as well, the tactic of the enemy to discourage us, to, to defeat us, to whatever, to distract us, to, to, to make us feel disappointed. We get more focused there. You know, scientific studies actually show that, the, that a negative word, it immediately enters the amygdala for long-term memory, while a positive word does not. Kurt Thompson actually said it takes six seconds to believe something negative while it takes 60 to believe something positive. Ten spies gave a report. Caleb and Joshua gave a report too. Yet they, the people all chose to cling to the negative. God gave a promise. God gave a promise and they were clinging to the negative reports. And how often do we question that even when God's already promised it? Some of you in here, God's promised it, and all you've done is give him the, the list of things that you're still seeing. And he didn't say you wouldn't see those things. All he's asking is that you believe that he's well able. I believe Caleb and Joshua had the fear of the Lord. They took everything they saw and heard and compared it to their God. And too often we get caught up in the practical side of things, the realities of events happening in our lives. I can't tell you how many times while we were waiting on our house to sell almost four years, contract after contract fell through. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? We're trying. I thought this was finally it. For a year, we lived with my parents, and I remember, I still remember one of the days sitting on their bed, and my mom walked in the room, and I'm just crying. And I was saying, God, you're still on the throne. I do not understand why. <laughs> we needed it to sell, and he knew that. But he had so much better for us. So much better for us. Verse, um, let's say, there's, there's one of my favorite songs. I was actually listening to it this morning. It's called Joy in the Morning. And uh, it says, giving in to your feelings is like drowning in the shadows. Oh, you got to keep believing in the middle of the unknown. Because grace will be there when you come to the end of your rope and you let go. It may feel like you're going down now, but the story isn't over. And I believe if you're not there right now, you've been there or you will be there where you feel at the end of your rope. But this song, it says it quite a bit. It says, if it's not good, then it's not done. Then he's not done. And I believe that's true for all of us today. If it's not good, then he's not done. But, you know, as I was sharing about a house selling and a miscarriage. I remember right after we miscarried, walking through the store and being so angry because I felt like I was seeing pregnant women more than ever. And I'm like, God, I did this right. I did this your way. I waited two years till I tried to even have a baby. What in the world? This makes no sense. You know, when, when um, well, two of, it, two of my grandpas both have passed away from cancer. And we had this long discussion with my 11-year-old because he said, Mom, I'm struggling to believe. And that was what was so beautiful about the story of him being healed even. Because God did something so sweet in him. He said, I believe again. And that wasn't even what he was looking for. 
he wasn't looking to believe again, but we were able to encourage him. He said, I'm struggling to believe, Mom, because we hear about stories since we, since we are at Impact Church. We hear about stories about healing everybody else, but what about our family? And we've, I've had two grandpas die of cancer, and I don't understand. I believe they got their healing. They got it in heaven. They did, and they are pain-free, and I'm so thankful. I don't understand, but my job's not to understand. It's to know that he's well-able. And they may have gotten their healing in heaven. And do I believe people receive healing on earth? Absolutely. We've seen it here. And I believe we'll continue to see it. I've seen it in my own family at times. But he's well able, regardless. Regardless, he's well able. But the scripture in Romans 8.28, we know it. Many of you could probably quote it in here. And we know that for those who believe, those who love God, are all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. But do you know that if you actually study good, it doesn't mean making our life good or pleasant or easy. That the good in the Greek in this scripture actually means that which is good for believers that does their souls good. Every providence tends to the spiritual good of those that love God. In breaking them off from sin, bringing them nearer to God, weaning them from the world, and fitting them for heaven. Now, do I believe that God gave my, my grandpa's cancer? No. We live in a fallen world full of sickness and sin, and sometimes that happens. But do I believe that he worked it for good in my family? Absolutely. Because we had to lean into him and lean into each other. Did it hurt? Absolutely. But he works it for the good of your soul. And you will be able to help people because of the hard that you walk through. And trust me, in those moments, I've said, I don't care about helping nobody else. I need the Lord to help me right now. Save my loved one. Whatever it may be. Sell my house. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, help my child. Whatever it is. But He's working it for our good, that which is good for our soul. That which is good for our soul. In verse 30 it says, Caleb quieted the people and said, Let us go up at once, not tomorrow or a month from now. He was ready to obey God right away. And some of us need to quit putting off obedience. You know, I told Gabriel today, <laughs> trying to speak this message right now in this season of my life <laughs> is... is the Lord, because I know right now he's working it for the good of my soul. <laughs> because even today I was like, baby, I feel like I'm, I'm fearful. I'm going to get up there and my brain's going to be foggy and I'm going to go home and I'm going to be in more pain. But then I walked back there and before I was trying to read my notes and I was like, Lord, I want to say what you want me to say and I want nothing more, nothing less. I almost asked for a box of tissues up here because I'll know I'm going to cry. Thank you. This is this guy. Come on. Y'all give it up. I kid you not. He has been so gracious and patient, like days of unending fatigue and pain. And he has been nothing but helpful and kind and such an example of the Lord in my life. But this morning as I was back there, um, I just felt like the Lord said, put down your notes and pray in the Spirit. And I was back there in our next steps room. And I had the lights off and I was walking and I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit down because I'm going to be on my feet a long time. And he said, no, get up. Get up. And I walked that floor and I prayed in the Spirit. And he said, you're going to get up there and you're going to say to him what I told you to say. And you're going to quit focusing on your fears of what might happen. Your fears of being foggy and you're going to focus on who I am. So you know what I started saying? God, you put the stars in the sky. <laughs> and you know each and every one of them. God, you formed our complex bodies. You know exactly who's going to show up and I don't. Do you know what that started doing? It started stirring the fear of the Lord in me. There is nothing magical about it. It's just focusing on how great he is. He knew where you were going to be today. He knew the loved ones you were going to be believing for today. 
when Caleb quieted them, some of you, you just need to quiet yourselves or you need to distance yourselves from somebody that's speaking negative in your life. You need to quiet them just like Caleb did. He quieted them and said, let's go up at once. Some of you need to quiet the thoughts of people's opinions or maybe the people's opinions they've spoken to you or just like what you said, it, they said even they see us as people to devour. They didn't know that. Some of you are thinking about what people think and they're not even thinking it. You're thinking it. And God just needs you to quiet it, focus on your fear of him, and just walk it out. Walk it out. Caleb quieted him and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are, come on, well able to overcome it. As soon as I was reading this, I thought about Romans 8, 37. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you know what the definition of, one of the definitions of conquer is? Overcome. We are well able to overcome. So yeah, you're waiting, but you're, he is well able. You know, I was thinking about this morning, how I, I, I'm going to try this in my life, where instead of saying it's going to be okay, I'm just going to say he's well able. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but I know he's well able. You know what? I may not see what I want to see right now, but he's well able. I may not receive, I might not be walking in full healing right now in my body, but he's well able. And let me tell you right now, I did not take ibuprofen. I did not take, a, I did not take pain medicine. And I don't feel any pain in my body. And you can ask my husband, that does not, that does not happen <laughs> right now. Do I like it that I'm in pain a lot of days? No. But look what I was able to just do. Give him glory because he, he's helping me. He's giving me strength today. I'm, I genuinely, I'm not in pain right now. And this is amazing. <laughs> oh, so we are promised to overcome through him. My willingness to walk in the fear of the Lord plus God's power makes me well able. Come on. Your willingness to walk in the fear of the Lord makes you, plus his power, makes you well able, well able. You know, we heard reports, many of you know, even with Gabriel's dad, with my dad, we've heard reports after reports. Have we seen so far what I hope? We've seen God work. Oh, and he's done some great things. But, um, but they're both going in soon for different procedures. And, and Gabriel's dad specifically, um, which I'll pray for both of them because we're, they're trying a procedure with my dad that we're believing will work, that it won't have to be full on. It'll be able to just be the scope and not full surgery. And, and so this, that's a good thing, and that's a God thing that we're just clinging to that God will do this. But we know he's well able regardless of how things turn out, right? Amen? But with Gabriel's dad even, um, what they told us, they came back and they're like, hey, that's just a cyst on his brain. Well, then after seeing a neurosurgeon, now they said, actually, that's not a cyst. That's a tumor, and it's fast growing, and we need to get it out. So he's going in to see the neurosurgeon, and both of us were like, I don't understand. But you know what he's working out in us? To be able to say, he's well able. You know what? It may be a tumor, but watch what God does. He's going to help our family through this, and he's going to work in and through this. Just like the lame man, the man that was lame for 38 years, he laid by the pool of Bethesda, and some of you, you're laying by something, you're clinging to something to be your help, to be your healing, to be your peace, to be your whatever. But the moment Jesus showed up, come on, 38 years, do you know how long 38 years is? 13,870 days. But the moment when Jesus showed up, and he was like, <laughs> the moment he fixed his eyes on Jesus, he was healed. You know, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, most of the time we quote Isaiah 40, 31, which I love. I love Isaiah 40, 31. We're, all, we're probably familiar with it. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But I actually want to focus on 28 and 29. Up above that. We're still in Isaiah 40. But up above that, 28 and 29. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. How many of you know we may faint and grow weary, but our God does not faint and grow weary? 
His understanding is unsearchable. It doesn't say my understanding is going to be unsearchable. It doesn't say that I'm going to understand everything I walk through. It says his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who, he, him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. And today I would ask you why I think it's so important that we focus, why I felt led to focus more on these verses is because we say, Many of you, maybe you've done like me and where say they shall mount up with things like, look, I don't feel like I got wings right now. <laughs> I'm not soaring. No, but because the beginning of it has us focused on who God is, not what I'm going to do. And, and today I would ask you, how big are you making your God in your life? Are you pausing and, and standing in awe of him when you face a moment where you're like, if it, I've told a few of you what happened this last week when my husband's in town. I to, out of town, I told him, I said, I'm going to start like an account that's just specifically for when you go out of town, and then I'm going to have people on speed dial for when you go out of town. Because I literally, I, I called my sister, and I was like, I FaceTimed her actually and showed her the bathtub that decided to break and water spewing everywhere. And if you know me, I know nothing. I do not know anything about these kind of things. And I literally, I needed her husband's help, and I said, help me. <laughs> But I was focused on my brother-in-law's ability. And I knew there was hope in that, that I could get the problem fixed. But how often, if, if I had stayed focused on my ability, there would have been way more water on the floor. It just would have become a bigger mess. And I wouldn't have had a clue what to do because Google couldn't get it fast enough. I still had a huge mess to clean up. I was actually, I actually, my, my first, my brother helped me. Then he's like, call, call Jared. Like, he'll, he'll be able to help you. Because they live right down the road. And my brother was out of town too. And my dad was out of town. Like, terrible plan. It's like, they need to organize their calendars better and not go out of town all at the same time. For my sake. I know. It's not all about me, but it kind of felt like in the moment. I needed them to consider that. But anyways, but I had focused. I had confidence. I was kind of getting some peace knowing, oh, yeah. Jared's right down the road, and he'll be able to help me fix this. So my hot water doesn't burn up. My hot water heater doesn't burn up. And then, and anyways, it was just a big mess, and I'm not going to go into all of it. But, but I was starting to kind of, okay, this can get better, right? This isn't going to stay a mess because I was focused on his ability. And some of you just need to pause and focus on God's ability in your life. That, yeah, there's a mess. But he can do it. Have you done what you can do? Then let it go. You know, just trust him. I'm doing right now, I feel like all I know to do with, with my health. So now I'm just going to trust him. I'm waiting on test results. I can stress about it and, and whatever, but I, I'm going to trust him. We're waiting for surgeries to take place for our dads. We can stress about it, but can I fix how the surgeon feels? Nope. Can I fix his ability? Nope, but I know a God who can. And if I focus on his ability, then I'm not stressed. I'm not anxious. I'm at peace. It says that the land was flowing with milk and honey, just as God has promised, and yet they still struggled to believe. All they heard was, we seemed as grasshoppers. They didn't hear milk and honey. Why? Because the negative goes straight to the amygdala. But the positive doesn't. Because six seconds, a negative clings to the brain, takes 60 for the positive. Some of us need to pick up the positive. Right now, if he said to stay at your job, then stay at your job. If he said to start the new one, you don't have to be a professional entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs have to start somewhere. You know, I, I know for me, I'm like sometimes with staying home with my kids, I'm like, there's gotta, this could be easier. I could put them in school, but he's called me to it. I know it. So if I focus on his ability to work through me, then he'll do it. He'll do it. I thought about, you know, we're talking about thoughts, and, and here's the reality of it, is thinking is not passive, it's an action. And I thought about growing up, I thought about growing up, and how when we sat down at the table, you, you ate what was put before you. And honestly, yeah, there was like the, you'll go hungry, but really, it was, you're going to eat what was put before you. And, and one of the things, all my siblings, they could tell you, like we, we can laugh about it now. It really wasn't funny when we were kids. One of the things we had to try was liver. And let me tell you, this is at my mom and daddy's table. 
and you thanked God for the food, and you ate what was put before you. But at my table, we don't eat liver no more. I don't even offer it to my kids because I don't want to eat it. But some of us treat our thought life like my mama's table. We just eat whatever's put there instead of going, no, I don't have to eat that. I don't have to think on that. Am I waiting? Absolutely. But he's still well able. Am I healed today? Nope. But he's still well able. Am I waiting on that wandering loved one? Have they come to know the Lord yet? Nope. But he's still well able. Some of you have been praying for years, like the lame man, 38 years he's been laying there waiting. But quit searching for those other things. If he's told you to do something, do it. But focus on he's well able. Amen, I'm over, but I I do have a few more things that I want to say to you today. When we're fueled by God's word, our thoughts inevitably become governed by his truth, causing us to be internally transformed. So my question, another question for you today is, what mentality are you taking on today? Woe is me. Hey, I told people, when, when I received some, some results from tests this last month, and I was laying there one Monday in pain, I just told my husband, I was like, I don't understand. I don't know how to do what he's called me to do and, and have these things to walk out this pain. But then today, after his encouragement, and prayer I was able to say you know what I can get up there and give glory because he's well able and I may not be walking in full health at this moment but he's well able and honestly it gives me a little hope because I still don't have pain right now and I'm super excited about that (laughs) while we will face trials and challenges in this life we can choose to live with either a woe is me We can choose to eat the liver. Don't recommend it, but, you know. Or you can choose to say, no, thank you. I'm going to choose to just simply say, he is well able. I feel alone. That does not mean everybody don't like you. Nobody said that. Did somebody say that? He didn't say that. So then you say, Lord, bring me who you want me to have in my life. Show me who you want me to reach out to. I don't even have that in my notes. Somebody in here struggling with being lonely, and he's just asking you to reach out. Look for somebody else that needs a friend. In him, you are well able to lay hold of God's promises. In him, you are well able to stand steadfast. In him, you are well able to be salt and light on this earth for the glory of God. Some of you have Jesus on the inside of you, but the only time you experience his presence, it's on Sunday, and that's not enough. Jesus is there available for you every day. And he wants to infuse you with power, a sound mind. Some of you are like, I need his love in my life. Go spend some time with him. Don't wait for church to spend time with him. His presence is there. I was back there having a church by myself. Honestly, I had to go check the time because I was just back there worship music blaring and praying because he was there with me in my room. Or not my room, the room back there, but you know what I mean. He's with me in my room when I do that too, but you know. Translated literally, Ephesians 5.18 says we need to keep being filled. Ephesians 5.18, you can look that up on your own time, but it just it, it's talking about being filled with the Spirit. And it, if you look that up, it literally means keep being filled. Why? Because we won't be able to do what God has called us to do in our own strength. We're not going to be, let's not be like the ten spies that keeps comparing our life and what God's asking us to step out in to our own abilities to our own gifts, to someone else's. I, I was telling my husband, uh, sorry, our five-year-old, she's going through, worship team, you can come up. I'm sorry, we're going to be wrapping this up. But our, our five-year-old, she, I love it. It's really cute. So she's always been a mama's girl, but lately she's been a daddy's girl. And the whole time her dad was out of town, she kept, every day she wake up, and she's like, only two days till I get to see my daddy. Only one day. And she's just so excited. But this morning, she was like, I'm going to go in service. And I was like, okay. I said, mommy's going to talk today. Oh, I want to hear my daddy. But what was funny, what was funny is I was already fighting that in my own head. 
I enjoy hearing my husband speak. How many of you know I'm thankful? God has given him a gift and a calling to speak, and I'm so thankful for the time he pours, time. He takes this very seriously and tries to steward well. The, and I mean, the ladies that are here throughout the week, they can tell you he spends hours in the Word and studying to prepare for Sundays. But I was listening. I was eating the liver and the, the thoughts in my brain that said, people would much rather hear your, son, your husband speak. Please don't come up to me after and tell me, like, you, you love hearing me speak. You'd rather hear me speak. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm just being honest, being vulnerable with you for a minute, that that was a thought I was already fighting in my head. But then when I went to the Lord about it, it didn't change what he had asked me to say. It didn't change that he had asked me to step up here and say something. Some of us aren't being used by God the way he desires because we're running on our fumes of fear instead of a full tank of gas of the fear of the Lord, which is fueled by his love, his courage, and all we need every day. I believe revival is breaking out because there are people that are showing up in fear of the Lord. They're in awe of God and his goodness. But how many of you know we don't got to go there to experience the same? Revival is where he is. And we can have the same, but we come expecting and, and wanting to experience him. He'll, he'll do the same. May it be the same for us. May we see revival. May we experience revival. To say, today, some of you know you need to recling to the promise you've already been given. If God said it, girl, this is in my notes. I wish I could show you my notes right now. If God said it, then I'll believe it. I'll believe it. It's a promise. Recling to the promise. God is well able. And with it, God inside of you, you are well able to do what he has called you to. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. He didn't say, let us hold fast to the whining and complaining of all the things that are going on. No, he said, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. You can say you are believing, but is your mouth saying that you believe? Jesus said in Luke 6.45, the words we speak come from our hearts. Pay attention to your words and then lean into the help of the Holy Spirit. Get around other like-minded people, whether in a grow group or through serving. Get around and let them remind you of truth. Are your thoughts reflecting that you believe that God is well able? You can change how you're seeing and what you're hearing by shifting what you're fearing. You can change what you're seeing and what you're hearing by changing what you're fearing. Some of you are fearing things today. All of us have been there. But some of you are fearing things in here that are never going to come to pass. And there is a saying that what you fear does come upon you, and I do believe there's power in that. But you're wasting your time being anxious and fearful when you could see the glory of God work in and through you and do miracles. Help other people, inspire other people to step out in faith and not live in fear. Stop taking on the doubt the enemy is trying to drown you in. Don't receive the discouragement he is trying to distract you with. You have already been called a warrior, a conqueror, and a child of God. In Christ, you can do what he has called you to do. That's what we cling to today. Not the doubts, not the distractions, not the discouragement of what you see. Don't let the walls in front of you, the mountains around you, or the naysayers behind you keep you from stepping forward in faith. Don't look at the obstacles. Look to your overcomer and know that he is well able. I may not see what I want to see, but he's well able, and that's still true. Will you stand with me today? Today, keep your eyes on the promises God has given you and the fear of the Lord in all he has done already. Are you walking in the fear of the Lord or in your fear of many things? Because just as Oswald Chambers said, if you fear God, you fear nothing else. And if you're fearing something else, you're not focused on your fear of the Lord today. I felt specifically there are people in this room. One, as I was praying this morning, I felt like there's someone, maybe just one person, that doesn't even know the Lord. So when I speak of the fear of the Lord, you're like, well, I don't even know what that is because I don't know him. I'm going to encourage you. You're going to have an opportunity in a moment. My husband's going to come and he's going to finish us out. But 
you're going to have an opportunity to receive the Lord. But there are a few people, and I made notes of this because I didn't want to forget. There are a few people that he's asking you to step out, one person, maybe multiple. This is number one. Step out into something new or unknown. It could be as simple as struggling to get in a girl group or serve. It could be starting that business. It could be, I don't, I don't know. There's something, something new, stepping out. And right now, you can choose to focus on the fear of the Lord. I felt there's someone in the room that you're concerned about someone you love, but you have let the fear or frustration, not the fear of the Lord, become your focus. I felt like there's someone that there's a dream in your heart, and you just need to refocus on your fear of the Lord and watch him make that dream come to life as you take one step at a time. There's someone else in here. You're so afraid that you were going to miss the Lord and get off. But I want to encourage you, if you'll just simply focus on your fear of him, you're not going to miss him. You're going to hear him clearer than ever before. You're going to know him better than ever before. And he will lead you. And last but not least, I've personally, as I told you, I've allowed the fear and pain, the fear of pain and diagnosis in my own life become my focus. My own fears that I won't be able to be the mama to my babies that I won't be able to do this that he's called me to do because you can ask my husband there's days I've been laid up on the couch able to do nothing and if you know me any at all I don't handle that well I, I want to be able to do and, and do the things I need to do or want to do and but I know he's doing something in my soul and working things in me and I don't share that with you. I don't, I don't need your pity. I, I will covet your prayers. I do covet that. But I share that with you because I felt like the Lord said it was time to be vulnerable about that. It's not just you. Don't be like Elijah that says, am I the only one, Lord? Woe is me. Am I the only one? I've done that. I've done that. Lord, you see what we're trying to do for you. This is making it way harder. Yet, he is well able. And whatever mountains you're looking at, whatever walls you're seeing, just think about Joshua. You know, Joshua was actually called Hoshea at first, and his name was changed to Joshua, which means God is salvation. He went on to, to take Moses' place, as well as lead the people around the walls of Jericho that eventually fell. Come on, God is your salvation today too. And whatever walls you're marching around, keep marching. Don't let what the enemy is trying to distract you with, discourage you with, will you come? Don't let that make you stop. You're missing out on the miracles he wants to do. Fear of the Lord. Simply focusing on all he's done and all he's going to do. God, I don't need you to do one more thing. You've already done so much not focus on my healing, my this, my that. I'm not seeing what I want to see. My job, my coworkers are still being completely rude to me and I don't understand. God, you've brought me to this place and I have no friends. No, I'm focused on my fear of the Lord. And Lord, you will lead me. God, I thank you that you will open doors. When we first moved here, we moved back around family, but I was so I was thankful for that, but I was like, Lord, my friends, where I was at, am I ever going to have, let me tell you, I'm surrounded by the most beautiful women. I am so thankful for who God's brought here. I couldn't see that at the time, and I was fearful at the time. But what God can do in and through your obedience, if you'll just fear him and allow his power and your willingness to obey as you focus on the fear of the Lord, and just as Pastor Gabe, if you were not here two weeks ago, I encourage you to go back and listen to the power of fear in your life. But he just said, we have to do it afraid. Sometimes you do. You do many times. You have to do it afraid. But focus on the fear of the Lord, not the fear of the many other things. And come on, because we know, just as our title today, it's our title. Do we have our title screen? Maybe not. He is well able. Can y'all say that with me? He is well able. Thank you. He is well able. Amen? Let's say it. He is well able. No matter what, we all have different lives. He is well able. 
Come on, wasn't that a good message? <laughs> I want to invite the prayer team to come down. And I want to, one thing that Amanda mentioned was this idea of the fear of the Lord. But sometimes we hear of the fear of the Lord and maybe you're here today and you don't know him. Here's, here's the great thing about, not the great thing, but a great thing about God. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. And I just want to lead you in a prayer if that's you. And then we're going to sing this song. And you can come down and receive prayer if you need prayer for anything in your life over the next few minutes. But if that's you today and you're like, today, I'll, today's my day. I want to know God. I want a personal relationship with him. Can we just can we say this together? Can we just declare this out loud? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I've tried to live life my way. And I recognize that I need you. I thank you for what you did for me on the cross, being raised to life again. So I receive your salvation, your forgiveness, your healing in my life. Thank you for saving me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen.